Um, people are saying Destiny is a toilet. Again, I don't care about his personal life. I, I know he probably has. I'm, I'm, in fact, I know he's got a lot of hot takes I don't agree with. But when he comes on the show with me, he's always been respectful. I can I can appreciate that. Versus these trans wackadoodles like that uh, Tiffany whatever fruitcake. Uh, you know, because he's, he's a misogynist bigot. It's like, shut up. Be quiet. Shouldn't you have suicided yourself by now? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yikes. Yikes. Not getting banned for that one, Twitch. <laughs> Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. <laughs>
Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke, here with my heterosexual Jewish life partner, Josh, listening to one of the greatest bands of all time, which I know so many of you are not going to be very pleased with, but I personally don't care. Uh, that would be Nickelback. No, nah, I'm kidding. It's great. It's great. It's great. Oh, what's going on, folks? Big shout out to all the Rumble streamer viewers and the kick people and uh, in the Viking and the Hagen and the yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> Great show opening today. Oh, my God. Exciting announcement. we got Dave Rubin coming on the show tomorrow from the Rubin Report. We're going to be talking about the political landscape of America's uh, political spectrum. Should be a very interesting conversation. And then to... Uh, to delve more into where the future of this country is going in regards to the GOP versus the DNC. Like I'm, uh, I'm very curious to see what a lot, where are you going? Is the camera screwed up? There's a lot of table there. <laughs> There's a lot of table there. Josh is currently, hold on. Let me do the windowed mode for you. Well, you look good. What are you talking about? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. You're good. You're good. Oh, that was me. I'm sorry. I moved the camera back yesterday because we had a meeting. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the podcast studio also serves as a meeting room. Um, actually, let me just... Multi-purpose <laughs> yeah. room. I'm so sorry, dude. I totally forgot I did that. Uh, you see, this is why we need producers. We need producers like come in here and help us with this because like, we get so bass backwards with all the stuff that we do daily. A lot going on. A lot going on. Anyway, <laughs> Mobby. Uh, yeah, that looks better. Looks much better. You look, you look beautiful. You're a beautiful man. Good beautiful catch, chat. Beautiful good bearded catch. man. Thank oh, you. the chat caught that? Yeah. Well done. Um, yeah. Uh, yesterday, apparently, uh, Rumble was DDoS attacked again um, after releasing the January 6th tapes. Um, they were down. They said they're back up 100%. Uh, yeah. They, people just really don't want Rumble. Um, don't like that free speech. They don't. They really don't. I wonder how enough. often they come under attack. I meant to ask that question when I had Chris on the interview. I apologize. I know you texted me that. This has been like the third attack, and I'd say under a month. So whoever they're paying yeah. to like run their freaking firewalls and stuff like that, good for them. Like you probably, I mean, you're not getting enough. They're not getting. I'm, I'm sure they're under attack constantly. Um, that's that's crazy. That's crazy, and folks. I'm telling you, when you've got a platform or when you've got people that are out there speaking, let's not even call it just the truth. Let's just talk about opinions. When you're when you're when you're speaking opinions that really run contrary to the leftist narrative, they're going to be very um, man. They, they want to silence you. They really want to, they want to censor you. They want to ban you. They want you fired from your job. They want you starving and on the street. That's why I feel nothing for Democrats. I feel nothing from these COVID uh, mandate enforcers. I, I care nothing about you. You could be on the street starving. I won't give a damn. I, I'm going I'm to be honest because you were that way with us for, the, for like two, two years. You felt nothing for us. And you instead, you demonized us. You tried to, again, get us fired from our jobs. You called us grandmother killers, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then I saw a tweet from Christina Pushaw today where Anthony Fauci was at a, uh, in a, a swimming pool in a hotel. I forget where it was, but the hotel room cost $5,000 a night. He's a wealthy man. He's a very wealthy man. I mean, when you're making 600 thanks, grand. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, thanks, COVID. Thanks, Trump. He was already there. He was there. Well, freaking again, I think a lot of people didn't realize how many homosexuals he killed. He got killed during the 80s HIV thing. He scared so many people. And it's it's like people. Here's the thing. Even I didn't know about that. I didn't either. But then when that services is like, um, he should not still be there. This guy needs to resign because when you come out and you start making these accusations that HIV could potentially be airborne, yeah. but you don't know. 
It's like, you should probably keep your mouth shut about the things you don't know, because you're going to scare people, especially coming from a government position. And people look to you to give accurate guidance, which again, I feel like after COVID, that should never happen again. Right. And it's like, when you go running to the government to keep you safe or to keep you <laughs> informed, that's your first mistake. Like yeah. the government is no different than CNN or Fox News. In fact, quite honestly, they're probably even more biased because you look at someone like Karine Jean-Pierre or Peppermint Patty, her predecessor, it was like, of course, they're going to fabricate the truth and they're going to lie to you every chance they can get because they don't want their administration to be held accountable for the lies they continuously tell and perpetuate every single day. How many times do they look us in the face and say like, you know, well, the economy's on fire. It's like, everything's fine. It's okay. Everything's all right. You know, at least we're not losing grandmas. It's like, come on, come on. Oh, my gosh. But uh, hopefully everybody had a really good day. Hold on. I got to fix my headset. There we go. Uh, how we doing? How we doing, Rumble? Hit the like button. Hit the share button. Leave a comment. Helps us out with the algorithm. We appreciate that. Uh, I saw Rumble was promoting the fact that Bongino had over 100,000 live viewers today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> eh. eh. I mean, he was one of the original founders, right? Was no, I think he bought in as a partner. I mean, because Rumble been around for a while. I could be wrong. But I thought Rumble been around for a while, and then he bought in and started promoting it, and it caught wind. A lot of the other MAGA influencers grabbed it and ran with it. Um, then they partnered with True, or they didn't partner, but True Social was a client of theirs. Um, yeah. Do you think they should have put their stock up publicly or entered that? <laughs> you you know that's a very interesting question because it's like. Well, Chris owns, I think he said he owns like 80% of the stock still. So he's always going to have majority control. So in regards to like shareholders being able to say anything, I, you know, when you buy into a company that's already talking about free speech, um, it's already talking about that we platform anybody. I think when you're buying that stock, you go in knowing what you're buying into. I mean, because Elon immediately made Twitter a private, private company. company yeah, yeah so. That's because I don't think he wanted to answer to a, a board because then the board could easily like come after them. Right. Um, when you when you disband that and you go private, now it's completely up to you. You answer nobody. It's your company. So I, you know, I don't know. It's a very and that's that's above my pay grade. So I don't know. I would. I'm just making assumptions here. I did. Get, I did. Um, I did notice though that <clears throat> once more people started coming over to Rumble in these last, I want to say, two or three months, um, Rumble kind of serves as this when Twitch or YouTube want to ban people. In the streaming world, let me let me push pause and let's go back a little bit more. When streaming really took off, I want to say back in 2017, 2016, and streaming became a prominent thing um, that you could actually earn a living doing, quite honestly, regardless if it was politics, gaming, there's just various different ways of streaming. Um, a lot of people flocked to it because it was something they loved to do. It's, mm. it's you build a community, you're streaming the things you enjoy doing. But then came with it the uh, the political aspect of it, which, you know, is one of the most controversial, if not the most toxic things that you can do or be involved in. Trust me, I know. And with that comes the terms of services that are so strict, I guess you could say. Uh, we got banned from Twitch for having discussions on COVID. We talked about the transgender insanity. They banned us. So fast forward now to where Rumble's positioning is. It's like, look, if you're going to get banned from these platforms, which you eventually will, mm -hmm. if you are not completely in, in um, if you're not goose-stepping with the left's narrative, then you're not with them. They will eventually ban you. So Rumble kind of serves as that platform of saying like, hey, 
Um, we're here. You want to come? Come on over here. They still have a lot of work to do. I will I will agree to that. They have a lot of work to do to make this thing better, but they are working on it. I don't know. They're doing the static stream. Key should be coming out soon. Being able to subscribe from the the app itself mm-hmm. as far as like financially supporting your favorite show. Rumble raids. Now they're going to make it to where you can raid other channels. That's going to help with discoverability. Uh, mark my words, folks. I need you to remind me. We will make it a point to, fu- to find smaller Rumble streamers and raid their channel once the show is done so we can help them grow too. I have no, I've got no issue. Somebody asked me about that because now for the next two months, we're sponsoring the Shannon Joy radio show. She's on uh, Twitter and Rumble as well. But somebody asked me, it's like, you know, do, does Shellshock sponsor smaller creators? And it's like, we have an affiliate program that you can sign up for. Free of charge is completely up to you. But you've got to understand something. When it comes to business, this is advertising. That's all this is, advertising in different capacity. If you don't have an audience, then there's nothing we can advertise to. Therefore, we wouldn't want to sponsor you. That just makes sense. When you've got an audience, when you've got a following that's built, that's what we're paying for. But we do have affiliate links that are affiliate uh, program that you can apply to and be approved for that, you know, you can earn income by selling Shellshock. It's just that easy. Uh, there's no buy-in. You don't have to give us anything. It's just literally you get a 10% discount code. People that use your code, you get a tribute. And it, the, the back of the dashboard tracks everything. You can you can see it for yourself, which is really interesting. So, but one of the guys is like, a lot of larger creators don't help out smaller creators. It's like, there's truth to that. No, there is truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen the same people that uh, I'd help grow when they were smaller, uh, you know, do nothing for others, including myself when we get banned. It, it's, it's a very slimy world. It, it really is. But when they initiate the Rumble raid process, I will definitely do my best to raid uh, smaller Rumble streamers. So if there's like, say, for example, we got people in our chat that are, um, you know, streaming at the same time and they say, hey, I'm streaming right now. I'll definitely throw a raid your way. Now, here's the deal. I'll be honest. Whether you keep that audience tuned in is completely on you. I mean, keep, keep in mind, they're watching me for political purposes. If you're out there playing a game like Call of Duty or something, you might keep them. I don't know. But I would just take that into consideration. Consider the source of the audience that you're getting and what they're tuning in and watching for. So if it was me and I was like, you know, somebody's going to raid me and they're not a political channel, it's like they're probably not going to stick around. So just keep that in mind. It's just I want people to understand that just so they can have a... uh, a much better success rate, I guess you could say, because I've rated so many people when I was on Twitch and they just, you know, the viewers came in, uh, said, hey, we're here from John's channel. And then they bounce because it's like, this is not interesting to me. And, you know, people would get upset, but it's like, look, you can't blame them. You can't blame them. So I think now I really fixed your video. It was really wacky. Like your face, your face is so wacky. The wacky face. There we go. Good to go. Good to go. Oh my God. This episode is brought to you by, as we just previously discussed, shellshockcbd.com. We've got the greatest products on the market out there. Every one of our products comes with a 100% money back guarantee. Hey, right now we're running a deal. Say like, uh, hey, John, I've never tried your products, but I'm very interested. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, Right now, 50% off of all sample packs using code sample. Limit one per customer. I say this again. Limit one per, co- you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, this one person bought about $230 worth of free set of the samples at 50% off. And we we're like, nope, refund the money. It's like, you knew better. And it's like, don't you, don't you try that. Don't you try the little sneaky, sneaky. You see what you try and do? You try and do good faith stuff for people. And what do they do? No, I, I knew that was going to happen. I'm, I'm a mile away. They empty like, the candy bowl into their bag and <laughs> take all the candy so nobody else gets any. That's the truth right there. It's like, yeah, there goes all the candy. It's like, yeah, you see, this is why communism doesn't work. This is why communism doesn't work. Oh, my God. But, yeah, we appreciate all that. 
You guys are freaking awesome. Again, um, strawberry, kiwi, and fruit punch. The new energy sticks are $59.99 for a packet. These things are incredible. There's a lot in these. There is a lot in these. Uh, that is good. The straw. Yeah, I don't the, know. I'm, I'm taught. You like the fruit punch better? Uh, I kind of like the, the the strawberry kiwi. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm on the fence. Yeah. yeah. They're all good. They're they're actually very good. Clean energy, folks. Doesn't give you the jitters. It's not going to make you feel bloated. It's actually really, it's a really good product. And then don't forget, we've got the all new mojito syrup. If you're interested in making homemade mojitos, we've got that from 1920brand.com. We appreciate your support over there. Again, we already have the old-fashioned for your whiskey drinks. And then we have the mojito. There's nothing more refreshing than an expert. Oh, I was totally randomly last night. I was looking up properties to buy in Costa Rica. I was high. What? Actually, I wasn't high. No. Uh, I was I was just generally curious because I'd seen how a lot of people are talking about Costa Rica, places like that, that have a much lower tax rate. And people are buying properties over there. And they're doing dual citizenry. Um, it's like if you spend three months in America, you can maintain your citizenship. And I think you spend the rest of the time over there. Don't quote me on that. But I was looking at properties over there. You can get some really nice properties for not a lot of money. Huh. Not We're talking about beachfront properties for like 300K with the house on it. Now, again, it's not the biggest house out there. But if you're going to like someplace like Costa Rica, you know, I'm not out there to live it up like, you know, I do here in America. But still. Now, wouldn't that be cool to like have a summer vacation house in Costa Rica? Have you been there? No. I have you? Either. No. Uh, chat, has anybody been to Costa Rica? Is it worth it? Uh, I've heard the same thing about Puerto Rico. I'd be, uh, I'd be interested in that. Would you wish communism on your enemies, John? Uh, I don't really. I mean, if it was Hamas, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Why yeah, not? Absolutely. Cool. Um, uh, rumor is Aruba has a great beach to kill college kids. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh. Oh, my God. That got dark quick. Uh, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Central America has many American expat communities. Lots of seventh group guys. Oh, I, mean, I mean, just look at the cost of living over there. Look at the tax rates. It's like 1%, something like that. It's a very, very low tax rate. Uh, Hubbo makes a good point that it comes with the consequence of maybe getting stabbed because eh. there's Puerto Ricans there. Worth they, it. They tend to be stabby. They're very stabby. True? They're very stabby people. Is that I true? Know. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, dinosaurs are in Costa Rica. I saw a movie once. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How are we doing over on kick? Uh, can live large on $1,500 a month. Mexico is telling whites to go back where they can. I would not move to Mexico. Absolutely not. Uh -uh. Well, I mean, it would depend on where. It would depend on where. But mainly, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, there's a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of people out there that uh, they do leave America to go to these cheaper countries. And they live like kings. Because uh, the inflation right now is just ridiculous. But uh, I thought it was really interesting to see uh, Javier Millet slash... So many government entity programs down from what was like 18 down to nine. Something and th like that, there's yeah. this meme now going around with the guy praying says, Lord, I see what you're doing for other people. I'd like some of that for myself. <laughs> it's like, that's us hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Back in the news or not news, but on Twitter, uh, junior Majewski going after this douchebag. I, I love this. I love the fact that, um, <clears throat> glamper life. Thanks for the sub over on kick. Um, I love the fact that junior Majewski has now adopted the positioning of saying that the only reason people are questioning my service to the military is because it was from a leftist organization that, that fielded these attacks on me. Right. 
So it was the left that in your interview, you said you served in Afghanistan. And then when he alluded to ideas of combat, you're like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I've seen some shit, man. I've seen some stuff. And of course, you know, you've got his people now saying, you're just going after him because he's a Trump supporter. It's like, no, he's stolen valor. It doesn't matter which can like, here's the thing. There's a lot of Trump candidates that are running that I'm not attacking. I'm not saying like, hey, don't vote for them. I mean, vote for whoever you want. But when it comes to stolen valor, that's one thing that cannot be ignored, folks. Now, Trump, Trump's base, you need to listen to this. Listen real close, okay? If you actually care about having the truth told to you by an elected representative, then you should care on whether or not they lie about their service to this country. Because in the veteran space, you don't do that. That is a very cowardly, disgusting, morally reprehensible thing to do is to misrepresent what you did in the military. Now, if you're a cook, say you were a cook. That's fine. If you were a baggage loader in Qatar, which is what Majewski did, that's fine too. It takes cogs to make this machine work. But if you are not a door kicker, if you are not a trigger puller, that's fine too. But don't you dare pass yourself off as somebody that did that. You chose not to. Therefore, you don't get to reap the benefits of being looked at as an actual combat veteran. This guy was not a combat veteran. He was a veteran. He served in Qatar. That's fine. He loaded bags onto airplanes. He said he flew, he, he flew a few missions into Afghanistan and then flew right back out. That's not being stationed in Afghanistan. Merjewski massively inflated his service. And now he is trying to paint it and his campaign people to paint it as if this was an attack by the left. I've posted the interview on Twitter. You can see it for yourself. He said that his, his deployment to Qatar of all places was, quote, classified. His DD-214 was classified. You don't classify a DD-214. You don't do that. That's your resume to show I was in the military. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't, this isn't James or, uh, Jason Bourne stuff here. So Merjewski is sitting there. He continues to double down on the lies. And now he's got veterans running interference for him saying, you're just attacking him because he's a Trump supporter. It's like, okay, how many other Trump candidates are running right now that I don't give a crap about? I'm not attacking. There's a lot. There's quite a few. Uh, I'm a Trump supporter. Yeah. You don't, you don't attack me. Yeah, I do. You're stupid. <laughs> well, fuck you, man. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Junior. No, but it's just, it's one of those things that it's like, the biggest thing for me is like, if you would lie about your service to your country, you would lie about anything. There is no line of morality that I you will not cross. I see how you get out of that one. Like you don't, you're yeah. eventually going to find out about it, right? Yeah, especially yeah. in this age of social media when you can do an information request and you can get their DD-214 and you can see for yourself and it's on there. And then they came out and said, well, the Air Force updated it. They updated one medal. That was it. And it was not a combat-related medal. And it was not a medal that so showcased he was in Afghanistan. Yeah. So people are trying to like lie about this. And it's like, this is the state of affairs that we've gotten to that we are willing to overlook someone that is trying to embellish their service when men and women died for this country in the service of this country. And you're sitting there trying to, you know, grandstand on this and lie through omission that you're a part of that type of breed of soldier or airman, whatever. It's not true. Junior Majewski also does not have his commendation or his, uh, his combat, uh, Air Force Combat Commendation Medal, Air Force Combat Medal, excuse me. Um, again, you know, it's 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 sad to see this. It is sad to see this, but this is the state of affairs right now. I don't care if he was a Democrat. I don't care if there was a Republican. I don't care if it's a Libertarian. I don't care if it's the Pope. If you are misrepresenting your service intentionally, you should be called out on the map. You should. Marjewski refuses to apologize. Instead, he's like, oh, it's just a leftist smear. No, it's not. We've got the proof. And there's a lot in the veteran community that do not like this guy. 
They do not like him. So I, if, if there's going to be a Trump congressman elected, fine. But I don't want one that's going to lie about their service. That's someone I will, I would never listen to. It's like, bro, you know. And then, uh, yeah, I'll let, I'll let it go with that. But I am just appalled. I, even this one veteran on uh, Twitter is like, John, I met you in Dallas at the NRA show. I used to have respect for you, but you're attacking these Trump people because you don't like Trump. I'm like, that's a straw man. I was like, and call this guy out. If you claim to be a combat veteran, this guy's got purple heart in his bio. It's, it's funny to me. I tweeted him out. I'm like, what you're doing right now is a straw man. Tell me where his combat medal is. He has none. It's impossible. He has none. He never saw combat. But again, it's like, ah, you know, it's, uh, I don't want to talk about my service. It's going to bring up some memories of those times I had to load those planes with those bags that were pretty heavy. Now, what was George Santos expelled for? Uh, there's, he's still, the charge is still being brought against him. Crenshaw did a thing to where he talked about that Santos wouldn't even go before the house and actually swear on this. It was something like basically on the lines of like, you know, under oath, he would not say that these charges are false. Instead, he doubled down on the lies. Um, basically it was, it was misappropriating campaign funds for Botox, only fans, other stuff. He talked about, he was Jewish. And then they called him on that line. He said, no, I was Jewish. Like I was raised Jewish. He's like, that's not what you said. You said Jewish. I was like, come on. Now you're just trying to play off of a word. Did, you, is, did you hear his uh, departure? No, uh, no, no. From Congress? Uh, it was just kind of like a passing comment, but he was alluding to there's a lot of homosexual Republicans. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, he would know. I mean, he's, he's like, they're all gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's the best Trust you got. Me. Well, here's the deal, though. If they're gay, I don't care. Dave Rubin coming on the show, he's gay. I don't care. Again, this is one of those libertarian aspects. Of like, even Santos being gay, I don't care. What I care about is you do the right thing for this country, and your sex life is your sex life. You love who you love. I don't care. But, uh, yeah, I you know, I kind of wish he would blow the whistle on that. Uh, let's let's out them. Out the gay Republicans. Let's do this. I'm, I'm for this. So that's pretty funny. Oh, I thought he was funny. On his way out, he's just like, yeah, they're all gay. <sighs> Good for you, George. <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> Call them all out, Georgie boy. But now, uh, did, did we talk about this yesterday that um, Jimmy Kimmel? I don't think so. So no. George Santos is on Cameo right now. He's trying to make money that way. Um, and I guess Kimmel bought a lot of Cameos from Santos. And one of them was talking about like his friend wants to come out as a furry. Uh, those are the people that dress in these big furry costumes pretending to be animals. And I think they have sex in these things. It's, it's freaking weird. But apparently he, he posed as somebody wanting to come out as a furry. And he posted the video of George Santos saying, you do what makes you happy. Don't listen to the haters. You be your furry self. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, my God. And I've seen Alex Stein do this, too. Oh, oh, my God. I was watching. Um, I was watching on Twitter, Alex Stein. And you remember Destiny? Yeah. I, I always got along with Destiny. I don't agree with a lot of his things, but we always had respect for each other. And I need to get him back on the show. I don't agree with a lot of his policies, though. But he's one of those people that will actually have a debate with you. He will actually debate you on facts. He doesn't make stuff up. Um, he does. I, I feel like he's, he's a little off on something. But anyway, apparently him and Alex Stein had a debate a long time ago. And he was trying to say that Destiny was trying to say that Alex Stein was sexually harassing uh, AOC for calling her a big booty Latina. She's like, just so juicy. And Alex Stein's like, bro, you're in a polyamorous relationship and other dudes jizz on your wife's face. Like, what are you talking about? And Destiny tried. Yeah, Destiny, it's like, it was a big thing. He's a cuck. He's a cuckold. He doesn't care. Um, his wife, they're in a polyamorous relationship. But anyway, the, the clip was they're, they're now getting divorced. And Alex Stein's like, I told you. 
It's like, you cannot be in that kind of relationship and expect it to last. When your wife is sending nudes to other dudes in other countries and you're okay with us. It's like, bro, you know, and so once again, Alex Steinser, and he's calling destiny out. I'm like, oh my God, like this is just, ah, the state of affairs of this world is just, ah, asteroid 2024, baby. Let's just do it. He's a Democrat and a cuck. I'm not sure if he's a, I think he's, he calls himself like a social Democrat. I don't know. On Twitch and all these streamers, they have so many different names now. There's so many different political categories. Because for me, it was like Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, Conservative or Republican, Green Party. Now there's a Sock Dem. There's Anarcho-Capitalist. Like, there's just so many different terms now. Like freestyle and making stuff up. Well, these terms, they are legitimate. It's just that they've kind of faded into uh, obscurity for a long time because nobody really uses them. The prominent uh, labels now are Democrat, Republican. That's what most people talk about. But I think a lot of it is uh, dealing with economic positioning. Uh, So when you have an anarcho-capitalist, it's like saying no regulations at all, no government interventionism, which is appealing. I'm not going to lie. That is appealing. Imagine the government coming in and saying, uh, or not, imagine the government not coming in there and saying, you know, you can't do this, this, and this. It's like we can do whatever. Say, for example, the FEC, FCC says, you know, we can't do text messaging, text messaging when it comes to Delta 8 because it's illegal. It's like, imagine that didn't exist. We could do whatever we want. Yeah. That's free trade. That's free market. I'm in, I'm in support of that. Same. I love that. That's a great idea to me. But again, these these laws come in there. Um, Demacuck. That's Demacuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to insult Destiny. I do want to have him back on the show. Uh, and a lot of people don't like. Why do you like Destiny? He's like, I love the fact that he makes me think. He makes me think. It's one of those guys that's kind of like, I don't agree with you, but you definitely make me reevaluate my position and ask myself why I believe in this and then go research the facts as to why I believe this. I like someone that makes me think like that because if you put somebody like DC Drano up against Destiny, Destiny will shred them. Destiny will destroy them. But that's just, I don't know. I've always, I always like watching his streams when he's debating. Number one, you learn more debate tactics and styles. And number two, you know, you got to be quick with him. He's a very, he's like a Ben Shapiro of the left, but I wouldn't say nearly as intelligent. But he's good. Like, he's good. I'll give him that. But I don't know. Um, people are saying Destiny is a tool. Again, I don't care about his personal life. I, I know he probably has. I, I, in fact, I know he's got a lot of hot takes I don't agree with. But when he comes on the show with me, he's always been respectful. I can I can appreciate that. Versus these trans wackadoodles like that uh, Tiffany whatever fruitcake. Uh, you know, because he's, he's a misogynist bigot. It's like, shut up. Be quiet. Shouldn't you have suicided yourself by now? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yikes. Yikes. Not getting banned for that one, Twitch. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, that's going to be a show opener right there. There we go. Right there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, folks, if you're watching on Rumble, do me a favor. Hit that thumbs up button. Leave a comment. We really appreciate it. That helps the algorithm. Uh, God bless you. I like what, oh, bro, Destiny and Rob debating. Ooh, those two, like, have a passion for, like, they hate each other. Well, I don't know if they hate it, but it's like one of those, if they're in a debate room, Rob is an amazing debater. Like, ah, uh, I love, I love debating Rob because Rob is one of those guys that's like, the last debate we had was in a Twitter space uh, last week and we talked about the firing of George Santos and Rob isn't against, he's against it. He's like, you know, they shouldn't have fired him right. uh, because Democrats don't hold their own accountable. Why should Republicans? Like, I understand that. Like, I totally get that. In order to fight fire, you have to fight it with fire. That's just the only way. But at the same time, when you start conceding ground as far as principles, once you cross that moral Rubicon, there's no going back. Like, who who is the leader to say we're going back from this? Nobody does that. It's literally on your own. So that's interesting. And then I got a shout out from Laura Loomer. See that? Oh, I got Uh, Loomered. I got Loomered. Yeah. 
Yeah, so apparently, you know, I, I, I go on Twitter and I'm like, look, and a lot of people like screenshotting her stuff and like dunking on her. And I made a post yesterday. I was like, look, I'm tired of this. I follow a lot of these people because they have very insightful things to say. It's very educational. I was like, I'm tired of seeing Loomer lies being spread. Laura Loomer has said things like Casey DeSantis has used her cancer, breast cancer for sympathy to, to get votes. She said some of the most disgustingly vile things I have ever heard in my entire life. And the way I view this is I just don't want to hear what you have to say anymore. Like you are, you should fade into irrelevancy. I don't care about what you have to say. I made a tweet and it got like, I don't know, 15,000 viewers and stuff like that. And uh, apparently she's accused. I didn't read the tweet, but apparently got loomered said that I ducked her at the debate. I'm not sure. Um, I did see something about that. Yeah. I was like, I, I didn't come up and confront her at the debate. Let me explain something real quick. Rumble invites me to this debate. Me and Sheila. I go. I am their guest. I will not act disrespectful to my host, especially at an RNC debate. My first one attending, by the way. And I appreciate that. Also, the level of self-inflated self-worth to think that I'm going to walk up to you, someone who, again, I say, I don't care what you have to say. I just don't want to listen to it. You think I'm going to walk, because there was a lot of people there that night that I politically do not align myself with. Am I going to walk up to every single one of them and say, I don't like you, you're a big meanie face. Loomer, nobody's afraid of you. Let me, let me explain this. Unless you've got an RPG in your back pocket, no one's afraid of you. What people are of you is annoyed and over. You are like a petulant child screaming for attention. Hence why you retweeted me. You tweeted me out. And what are you saying? John Burke, DeSantis supporter, blah, blah, or DeSantis influencer. I'm not a DeSantis influencer. I'm a constitutionalist. DeSantis is the guy I align myself better with. Josh goes with Trump. Fair enough. But Laura, you need to understand something. People are not afraid of you. Why? You don't have any truth or facts on your side. You're an activist posing as a journalist. That's the, that's the difference there. So I'll just say this. Um... I wish you well, good luck in your life, but I'm being serious when I say, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You lie. You are a nonstop lie. I mean, sincerely, I mean this. You are a, a psychopath in my mind. So no, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not going to go out of my way to confront you. I'm not sure why I would want to do that. But again, they try and they pose it as like, what are you afraid of Loomer? It's like, what is there to be afraid of? To have her walk up with a camera and say, oh, blah, blah. it's like, come on, Loomer, come on. Nobody's afraid of you. And that's all I'll say about that. But I, I woke up and like everybody's like, you've been loomered. I'm like, oh, oh I've been loomered. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Did okay. you see her tweet? No, I, I, somebody had shared part of it. And I just scrolled by. I was like, I honestly don't care. It was a picture of me and Brian Griffin when I did the interview. Yeah. It, yeah. it goes into like, I don't know. It's like. In the beginning of the interview, Burke slipped up and referred to Brian as the family guy man. Uh, don't is- even finish that. Yeah, because that's a joke. Everybody on the, the Trump team thinks that Brian Griffin is uh, this, this, the dog from family guy. Right. They may, and it's like, it's a joke. Yeah. Like this, this is what I'm saying. This, it, pr- it proves my point. It's like when you, <laughs> you clearly make that a name and think uh, yeah, the dog from exactly. family guy, then this is why I say she should it. be ignored now because when you make clear jokes, she tries to take that. It's like, you see, he slipped up. That's not a slip up. That was not int- <laughs> Okay. All right. Calm Folks, down do you see now? Uh, and this is why I had to tell Team DeSantis, like, look, on Twitter, it's like, you give her so much attention from the nonsensical ramblings that she posts. You just need to ignore her. And that's why she retweeted me and tried coming after me because I'm someone standing there saying, look, stop giving her attention. She's a child. Readdress your attention to things that are more important, like policy and these other things that the left is doing, anti Semitism running rampant right now. 
But instead, what does she want? All eyes on me. Note how insanely angry she got at me for saying, stop giving this child attention. Folks, it literally proves my point there. I have nothing good to say about this woman. And everybody's like, you know, you're a beta man for not addressing her and at the debate. And it's like, um, I'm standing there too. And you know who I am. You know my name. You could easily come talk to me. The difference is I don't lie. I don't lie to further my political uh, beliefs. You do. So. <laughs> Burke slipped up and he called him Brian Griffin from Family Guy. It's like, that's, that's the joke. That, that's the joke, Laura. That's all I think of when I hear that. Name. I know, me too. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's hilarious to me. But anyway, uh, you see uh, Jack Smith. You see what's going on with that with Trump? Trying to uh, yeah, basically. He's a, he's a real Hitler, right? Bro. Well, he's trying to essentially. Let me just read the article for you real quick. This is coming to us from Fox News. <clears throat> Here we go. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Supreme Court, Trump must respond to special counsel's presidential immunity petition before Christmas. Um, the court's next scheduled conference day is uh, for consideration is January 5th, 2024. Uh, oh, I am so sorry. Uh, hold on. Push pause on this. Let's go back to the Constitution. I, I promise at the beginning of every show, we'll just cover the Constitution real quick. Um, the winner of yesterday's giveaway, did you email us? I hope you did. And you got your free product. Uh, yesterday, we covered uh, section one which covered Congress. Today, real quick, we're going to cover Section 2, the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives, oh, before that, the preamble was called what clause? Not the Santa Clause. Come on. The Enactment Clause. Okay? 52 words, preamble gives context to the entire documentation, the entire document. Section 1 covered Congress. Section 2, House of Representatives. Here we go. The House of Representatives shall be composed of members chosen every second year, by the people of these several states and the electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of the state, excuse me, legislature. Pardon me. No person shall be a representative who shall not have attained to the age of 25 years and been seven years a citizen of the United States and who shall not, when elected, be an inhabitant of the state in which he shall be chosen. Representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned uh, among the several states which may be included within this union, according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons, including those bound to service for a term of years and excluding Indians not taxed, three-fifths of all other persons. This is one of those things that a lot of people had issues with, talking about three-fifths uh, of a person. They did this with black people in regards to their right to vote. Um, it, w- it, it put a lot of... Uh, Put a lot of hate out there, which, you know, fair enough. I'm not going to lie. Uh, makes perfect sense to me. But, um, yeah, I love I love reading this stuff because it's very informative. Okay. So let's get a, a breakdown. I know the breakdown. Uh, hold on one second. Okay. U.S. Constitution has become so familiar to Americans and so influential around the world that it's easy to forget that what a revolutionary died. Again, this is coming to us from constitutioncenter.org for people that want to reference this. Um, Just so you know where we're getting this from. Um, It was the time of its nap. Okay. Nothing better illustrates this than Article 1, Section 2, which establishes the U.S. House of Representatives. What... What was extraordinary in 1787 is that Article 1, Section 2 provided for direct election of House members by the people of the several states. 
Uh, under the Articles of Confederation, delegates of the Confederation Congress uh, were selected as state legislatures directed. Akil Reed, Amar, America's Constitution, a biography in 2005, only two states gave the people a say in the selection of delegates. Elsewhere, the state legislatures chose Confederate Congress, um, Confederation Congress delegates. While some members of the Constitutional Convention support giving state legislatures control over the selection of House members, James Madison and James Wilson successfully argued that direct elections were necessary to connect the national government to the people. The Heritage Guides to the Constitution, published in 2005, this was a radical departure from most states' pre-constitutional practice. Of course, not all of the people were eligible to vote at the time of ratification. Article 1, Section 2 made the qualifications for voting in the U.S. House elections the same as those voting in the larger branch of the state legislature. That effectively excluded women, as well as many free African Americans and Native Americans. It also excluded some white men who were barred from voting by property ownership requirements that were the norm in 1787. Some framers favored making property ownership a qualification for voting in the U.S. House elections. But Ben Franklin reminded them that many common people had joined the fight for independence. A uniform suffrage requirement was ultimately rejected due to the fears that would lead some states to reject the Constitution altogether. The compromise tying the qualifications for voting in the U.S. House election to the qualifications for voting in state legislative elections allowed roughly two-thirds of white men, but very few others to vote. See Alexander Kesar, The Right to Vote. Nevertheless, these direct elections were a significant milestone in the development of democracy. Many more people were eligible to vote in the U.S. House elections than was the the case under English law. In the ensuing decades, states moved rapidly towards universal suffrage for white men. The 15th Amendment, adopted in 1870, prohibited denial of the vote on account of race, though in practice, African Americans were denied that right in southern states for much of the 20th century. Women gained a constitutional right to vote within the 19th Amendment in 1920. Isn't it interesting, though, how you have this document that talks about independence and liberty and all these other things, except blacks, some whites, and women? Interesting, right? Very interesting. Now, for a lot of people that don't know this, you know, George Washington, a lot of these people actually were not in favor of slavery, but they also understood that if we outlaw slavery, the economy will be crippled and we will not survive. I'm not justifying it. I'm saying that's the reason why a lot of them said America is not ready to abolish slavery. Yet, fast forward, not that long after, uh, here comes President Lincoln saying, boom, you're freed. So, yeah. very interesting to see that. To see the um, the growth, the progression of our country. It, it seemed like, you know, from uh, 17, mid-1700s up to 1800s, we saw a lot of growth. And then into the 19th century, we see a lot of growth as far as down the path of liberty. And now you see it going back the opposite way. Instead of taking rights, well, in some cases they do, but it's more federal government involvement in the individual state's rights, which I think is very dangerous. So, But yeah, Article 1 talks about uh, Congress. Article 2, the House of Representatives. It's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, and then tomorrow, Section 3, what do you think that's going to talk about? The Senate. The Senate. Hopefully you learned something from that, folks. Um, Hopefully you learned learn something for that. It's good, good stuff. Good stuff out there. All right, let's get into the news, folks. I know that's what you're here for. Okay, uh, the Supreme Court has in, uh, uh, indicated it will expedite consideration of a petition by special counsel Jack Smith on whether former President Donald Trump can be prosecuted on charges that he plotted to overturn the 2020 election results. Uh, Smith made his request for the court to act with unusual speed to prevent any delays that could push back the trial until after next year's presidential election. 
Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasoning behind why this is going on, whether it's prohibiting Trump from running, whatever the case may be. There's a reason Jack Smith wants to expedite this or basically he wants the Supreme Court to rule on whether or not he can be prosecuted at the time while he was still president. Um, the first thing I think about was uh, Nixon, Watergate. But that was during but he was still president. That was for reelection, though. Right. Yeah. Why was re- do you think that he's doing this? Oh, Jack Smith. Yeah. You know, at one point, I would have thought when Trump was president, a lot of them came after him for everything they could. The impeachments were just nothing but a farce. Um, Now, you can still be a convicted felon and run for president. If anything, that's going to make Trump even more popular. So I I don't know. It's a very good question. Because if it goes between... Before the Supreme Court and they rule in favor. Does it, it doesn't mean it, he's guilty. It just means that he can be prosecuted, but that is not, that's not a guilty verdict. That's just saying that yeah, you can't take him like, to court. Yeah, you can't press charges against him. For then, I think it's, then I think it's a nothing burger at this point, and Smith's got nothing. But like in the future, uh-huh. can other presidents, if they commit a crime? That's a good question. Be prosecuted? That's a very good question. I think it depends on what they do. Like if it's war crimes and stuff like that, you know, you know I don't but know. Has that, that, that ever happened? I did see this one case. Uh, there was a lawyer on Twitter talking about this, and he referenced, um, oh, my God, it was an older, older president. I forgot what he got prosecuted for. Uh, but the only thing that came to mind was Nixon for Watergate. But I think that was, folks, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't that during a re-election? But he was still president. Uh, Jack Smith wants the Supreme Court to rule in Trump's favor so the Democrats can expand the U.S. Supreme Court. Um... That, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Watergate is uh, so tame compared to this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm just saying that in terms of like context of being prosecuted, it's a good question. I need to get a lawyer on the show because I'm not even going to sit here and pretend like I freaking I have no idea. Yeah. It's a very good question. Yeah, I think it's. I feel like that's where a lot of voters stand. It's like, look, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how this process works yeah. as far as like what the Supreme Court's going to rule on and why Jack Smith's trying to do this. But let's continue. Trump's trial in the election interference case is set to begin in March. Um, the court has asked Trump's lawyers to respond to the special counsel's motion by next Wednesday, December 20th, two days later than Smith had requested. The court's next scheduled conference day for consideration of such matters is January 5th, 2024. The court's brief order did not signal what it would ultimately or what it would ultimately do. A federal judge ruled the case would go forward, could go forward, but Trump said he would ask the federal appeals court in Washington to reverse that outcome. Smith is attempting to bypass the appeals court, the usual next step in the process, and have the Supreme Court take up the matter directly. So, yeah, this one I do understand. Like, you do have to go to the appeals court. Smith's trying to say, I don't want to do that. Go straight to the Supreme Court. That, it's it's like Trump's trying to delay. He's trying to stall on that one. Smith sees through that. He's trying to take him to task right away. That's just, the, I think that's the that's the impression a lot of people are getting. This case uh, presents a fundamental question at heart of our democracy, whether a former president is absolutely immune from federal persecution for crimes committed. But that's the other thing. It's like, okay, what, how are you going to pin this, this election interference on him? What did he actually do? To, to, to sit there and say an election is rigged is not a crime. Right. That's not a crime. Well, Democrats have been doing it for decades. <laughs> the Democrats have actually been doing it. Every time they lose an election. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I don't know. I've got another article here that talks about their uh, Jack Smith trying to subpoena phone records. 
uh, used data from Trump's phone and election interference trial court filing. Smith says he will call expert witnesses to testify on when former President Trump's phone was unlocked and on Twitter on January 6, 2021. So if he's going to take this to January 6 route, you're not going to win that case. I can tell you right now, you will not win that case. The, Isn't that a little unnerving that they had access to his phone when Twitter was open? So they had some sort of communication with Twitter, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's been known. Yeah, since the Twitter files dropped and Elon exposed um, the corruption within the U.S. government, they were in bed with, matter of fact, they were paying Twitter. They were paying Twitter to, inf- that's the thing that aggravates the hell out of me. Okay, forget Trump and Jack Smith. What irks me the most is that if we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about election interference and we see the likes of Jack Dorsey, his Twitter, interfering in elections as far as like censoring, banning, paying Twitter, all these things, and you're going after conservatives on a public platform, something like that. It's like, how is that not election interference? How is the Russian collusion thing not election interference? Yeah. If you're going by that metric, then explain. So that's why when you don't see any prosecutions on the op- opposing side, it's like, look, this whole thing is, um, you want to take a call? yeah, let's take a call. This whole thing is rigged. This whole thing is rigged. It just doesn't make sense to me that you talk, everybody talks about election interference left and right, but we've seen this with government interference in our, in these public platforms, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And again, when the Twitter files dropped, Elon showcased, they were paying millions to Twitter. Yellow. Now we dropped it. Okay. It's just, I don't know. This is what we're going to do. Start at the beep. Yellow. He was up. What's going on? Hey, so, uh, work, work, work. Mm. So, what I wanted to talk about was recently my father and I got in a little debate, mm-hmm. uh, got a bit of little drinks in. Um, and then he brought up something, I forgot what it was. And I started pressing on him about I'm not supporting Trump because of his views on the Second Amendment and the COVID and and whatnot. And he said, well, what about the Second Amendment? But what do you mean uh, he was hard on it? I was like, well, he was for the red flag laws. He was for the bump stock bans. And he did several other things that pointed out that he wasn't really much of a pro two a He said, mm-hmm. Okay, well, first of all, bump stock bans. Why is that important? I'm like, well, it's part of the firearms. It's protected under the Second Amendment. You should be able to own that. He said, well, it used to be legal, but now it's not, so it's against law. So why why do you want it? Do you need it? I'm like, no, uh, I don't need it, but I would certainly want it. But my view is All you got to tell them is like, it's um, not the Bill of Needs. It's the Bill of Rights. It is your right. You could sit there and make the same argument from the flints and the musket to the gunpowder to the musket ball. These things are technically not a part of the physical weapon itself, but they go with it. The ammunition, the suppressors, the body armor, the bump stocks, the sights, the optics, whatever. It's all part of the Second Amendment because the Second Amendment principle is that they want to get into the weeds on ruling about, you know, the, the physicality of the Second Amendment and the gun in and of itself. That's not what the Second Amendment is about. It's about the the very idea of a a free society arming itself against a potentially tyrannical federal government or even state government for that matter. So when they get into the weeds about something like that, all you can do is just shut it down. Like, look, you need to understand what the Second Amendment was about and what the intent and purpose behind it was. And when they don't understand it, 
I mean, because I was in the same boat. I had the same positioning not four four years ago until I was educated on the matter. And it's like, oh, I was clearly wrong on that. Um, and, and, you know, that's why I'm saying, like, people people have to be educated on this. And it's a good thing to do as far as, like, opening up their mind to what true liberty and freedom are actually about. So good for you for trying to explain it to him. Hopefully, did he, uh, did he change his mind or? No, he was uh, still hard about that. He's like, you don't need it. If, uh, we can't have the same weapons as the... Uh, government does because that's what gives our military its strength over its adversaries. It's a security thing. That's I'm not like, true yeah, at all. I we get were getting that, our asses but... kicked in Afghanistan with dudes in flip flops and PKMs, and we're over here with freaking nuclear missiles. Like, that's not true at all because there's so many different <laughs> factors that come into play on a guerrilla warfare terrain. Look at Vietnam, look at Afghanistan, look at Iraq, <clears throat> look at Israel right now fighting Hamas. It's like you can sit there and say, like, you know, the military has all these armaments. This is true but they can't use half of them in a very populated area. It's impossible. Again, these are, these are people that you're talking to that just don't understand the basic fundamental principles of actual guerrilla warfare, things like that. Don't get me wrong. Military technology is paramount. You have to have it, but it does not apply in all situations and cases. For example, say like, let's just, let's just go down this road of what ifs. What if we did have an, an uprising against the federal government? What if the government said, hey, we are we're cracking down. Let's just say it's a leftist government. They're saying we're cracking down on conservatives. Yada, yada, we're coming for your guns. And then conservatives say, no, we're fighting back now. I think people instinctively in their minds go to the British Redcoats versus the American Revolutionary Colonists. And it's this battle of where we're getting online and shooting it. No, it would be guerrilla warfare. It would be literally assassinations, drive-by shootings, uh, homemade IEDs, you name it. The veterans of the GWAT would employ the same tactics the Taliban used against us in urban operation warfare. It'd be the same thing. And the cops couldn't do anything about it. The military couldn't do anything about it. Why? Because here's the biggest reason. Collateral damage. You've got civilians. You've got buildings. You've got children. And don't think for a second that many of us would not utilize these tactics against the federal government because we would. You cannot drop bombs in neighborhoods. You can't. Killing innocents would be a massive propaganda loss. The citizenry of America, even on the left, would rise up against the federal government saying, no, you are murdering innocent people. Again, case in point, look at the IDF and Hamas. There are so many people over that they got murdered and the 1400 on October 7th. IDF goes back in there and they start slaughtering Hamas. Look what the world says. Like, oh my God, stop, they're innocent. It'd be the same thing. It'd be the same thing. But the overall point of this though is if we did have an insurrection, let's just call that, uh, I would be very curious to watch and see what China and Russia do. I'd be very curious on that. Oh, one. they would definitely. Oh, they. They would in. definitely get it. Take, oh yeah, definitely. Not just militarily, but propaganda. They'd oh. also try to supply those they believe would help them against American oh. interests. Oh, I could see them bombing America. But I was trying to tell them that. Yeah, I was trying to tell them that. I mean, short of nuclear bombs and JDAMs and whatnot. Americans should be able to own tanks if they wanted to. They can. They, they can. should be able to own attack helicopters. I, I mean, I yeah. say you can technically own an automatic weapon, but it's a long process. You got to pay a huge tax stamp. Mm. You got to get certified federally yeah. um, to just to get these. But I think it should be like available like, at, at your local hunting store. Hey, if I want a M240, and yep. he's a combat vet from the Gulf War, he's 11 Bravo. Mm -hmm. uh, so he he has knowledge on um, small arms and what it can do to people yeah. and anti-tank weaponry, but he's just in this mindset of defending Trump. He's a huge Trump supporter and huge DeSantis critic. I'm trying to mm. 
debate him on that, but I'm not as good with words as you. Brother, I feel your pain. I got one of those sitting right across from me. (laughs) Josh looks over his shoulder. I appreciate your call, man. Keep the good faith. Keep the fight. You know, just reason with these people. Give it time. Sometimes you got to plant that sea of freedom, water it with some common sense and logic, and just watch that thing start to bloom. And if it doesn't, well, then fuck them. (laughs) I got to stop cussing. Biggest thing I got to say to Josh is, the Sanchez is was real. <laughs> I thought Josh cut you off. It's like, bro, that's messed up. Also, what were you saying, dude? What were you saying? DeSantis is what? Uh, I was saying that uh, DeSant- uh, DeSantis is better than Trump, and the moon landing was real. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Now I'm, well, I'm- enjoy your liquor <laughs> for the rest of the day. <laughs> Appreciate it, dude. Have a great day. Thanks for calling in. Oh, my God. Did you see that New Hampshire uh, Chris Sununu governor um, potentially could be endorsing Nikki Haley? I didn't see that coming. I don't think it matters. Oh, man. Okay. There's just, uh, you know, I'm not, I've never sat here and politically prophesied about anything because we don't know. I I didn't even think that, um, I didn't even think they were getting into it, but. Sununu comes out, and this is, it's speculative. They're not saying it's true or not yet. But Sununu had courted DeSantis. DeSantis went up there, did a lot of things. They spoke together at some places. Sununu was very, um, it seemed like very pro-DeSantis. But then the word is that he he could be coming out and supporting Nikki Haley. And it's like, um, it made more sense if he was going to support Trump. But Nikki? Like, Nikki, like, uh, she got, her last, the last debate, she got slaughtered. Like, uh, neocon Nikki, it's just like every debate, she just reveals more and more of her face that's just nothing but Bush-era old guard Republicanism. And I'm like, how is Annie, is like Chris Sununu old guard? Is he old neocon Republican? I think most of them are. You think so? Because I didn't know a lot about this guy prior to uh, the campaign campaign trail hitting from Iowa to New Hampshire down to South Dakota or South Carolina, I think. Um, You know, I listened to some of his speeches, and then to sit there and, and potentially endorse Nikki Haley, it's just like, huh. I did not see that one coming. Did not see it coming. We'll see, though. But I will I will encourage people on the DeSantis side to this. Um, don't attack the dude. If that's who he wants to endorse, fair enough. Uh, dude, I don't hate the guy. Yeah. You endorse who you feel is justified. But the rumors are growing that Trump could tap Nikki as a VP. How, I, I, you I, as a Trump supporter, how would you feel about that? Uh, I don't... I have to see it happen first. What if it did, though? My question is, what if it did? I wouldn't be excited about it. You what? I wouldn't be excited about it. That would concern me. Nikki is a warmonger. She's a war hawk. Yeah, but Trump... She mm, comes off as a real scumbag. Trump, I I wouldn't classify him as a warmonger. Um, Trump? No, he didn't get us anything new wars. I'll, I'll agree with that one. I think that if Nikki was his VP, I'm sure... Man, I don't know. I just don't see that happening. She's not popular at all. I think he could read the room. I don't know, but her being VP, I mean, she was our UN ambassador. I'm, I'm very curious. I mean, did anybody think uh, Mike Pence in 2016 was going to what? Be his VP? I didn't know who the dude was. I didn't. Nobody did. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. That's like. I mean, for a while, I thought it was going to be Newt Gingrich because Newt was out there yeah. stumping for him hard. Yeah. I think he still is, isn't he? Uh, probably. Yeah. He was a big Trump supporter. Yeah. I mean, he. Yeah, I think right are. now they're waiting to see a lot of people are waiting to see who Ted Cruz endorses Ted Cruz and one other. And Trump is basically telling these senators or these representatives in a roundabout way. He posted on true social. yesterday. It's like, um, it's time. I'm paraphrasing. It's time to either crap or get off the pot. You better endorse somebody or 
good luck campaigning on your own. He's making veiled threats to these politicians. And she's like, dude. Trump is? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. he's, he's selling NFTs again. Mugshot. Is he? Yeah. Smart. Now, I was going to say, from a from a capitalist standpoint, I would probably buy some of those. Yeah. Only to just turn those things around later and just make so much money off of yeah. them. Although I, I don't, I don't know if NFTs are going to stick around. I don't know. I don't know. But that's what he's doing. He's fundraising. He's got to pay off that illegal counselor, Jack Smith, taking him to the cleaners. I looked at the list. The United States government. The government's taking it. Yeah. I looked at the list and I'm just kind of like, good Lord, that is a lot of legal fees. But then I watched a video on his lawyer, Abana, or what's her name? I don't know what her name is. Um, He's had so many different attorneys. He really has. Um, I forget her name. She's got a lot of dirt on her, like of trying to silence a, uh, there was a woman that worked in one of the Trump golf things or something. This wasn't on Trump directly, but it was his, his place. A woman was sexually assaulted and raped. And basically it was quid pro quo to keep her job, quid pro quo to keep her job. And his current lawyer uh, talk to this lady saying, Hey, you know, you can't go to the press on this. It'll, it'll hurt you. Let me be your lawyer. I'll get you a settlement, but, but, but you have to sign this. You can't get any lawyers. You can't talk about this. You got to sign an NDA. And I think the lump sum was like 15 grand. And then come to find out that she's now his lawyer. And she's just like, I feel like she was representing him the entire time. This is like three years ago. And essentially I, I watched this video on YouTube and the lawyer there was like, this could get her disbarred. If this actually goes up, this is a violation of the ethics community because she was basically saying it's illegal to do this, this, and this. And it was actually a lie. It was actually a lie saying that you can't go talk to another lawyer. She's like, uh, that's actually a lie. You can. You absolutely can. So th- there's a lot there to unpack because I've seen a lot of stuff about this lawyer. Um, <clears throat> and it's like, hmm, I don't know if it's true or not. doesn't look good, but we'll say. I don't know. What kind of attorney would you want if you were in that situation? Oh, my God. I want the biggest asshole imaginable. The nastiest the nasty, person you absolutely, think of. Absolutely. Yeah. Expect, I'm not even, yeah. When, you, when you're dealing with a government with an open pocketbook. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, well, this you, isn't the government. This was three years ago. Yeah, well, this I'm, is a woman that was raped at his resort. Now, this isn't Trump's yeah, fault. This is the individual's true, fault. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that doesn't look good on Trump. No, it doesn't. But that's one of those things that people are going to take that and they're going to run and say, oh, look what Trump endorses. Like, look, I don't like Trump either, but he doesn't endorse that. Unless, um, no, I mean, he doesn't. I mean, he did talk about that. You grab him by that. Yeah, it's whatever. It's, it's okay. It's whatever. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Squid Pro Pro. Yeah, Squid Pro Pro. Let's get back to Jack Smith real quick. Uh, Special counsel Jack Smith. um, Plans to use data from the cell phone from uh, former President Trump used in his final weeks in office, including data revealing when Trump's phone was unlocked and the Twitter application was open on January 6th, 2021, according to a new court filing. Now, I'm sure the left is going to take this and be like, oh, my God, we got him. It's like, well, he was tweeting out for people to stop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not a Trump fan, not voting for the guy. I was like, but January 6th was not Trump's fault. Did he make a massive blunder telling them to go down there and protest? Absolutely, he did. I was like, but those those people that stormed the Capitol, they were on their own. They did that of their own fruit cheese, and I hate even having to say this. Alex Jones was there, too, and he was telling people, don't go in, don't go in. They went in. Alex Jones, first tweet back on Twitter, retweeting Andrew Tate, human sex trafficker extraordinaire. And Alex Jones is now saying that me and Andrew Tate and Elon are pro-humanity. It's like, oh, yeah, pro-webcam humanity. And there's the thing. It's like Andrew Tate's got video documentation talking about how he pimps these women out. And I'm like, how is that pro-humanity? When you basically, you have these women fall in love with you, you create Stockholm Syndrome, and then you have them doing webcam opera. Like, you're a pimp, dude. You're a prostit- you're prostituting these women. Got their peddling flesh. Yeah. It's like, how are you pro-humanity? And this guy, he's such a nerd. He's one of those guys, like, you got rich. Good for you, but now you have no class. You got no class. 
I had this one dude talking about, uh, he's trying to like insult me on Twitter. He was just kind of like, you're the one who posts this ballroom dancing. You freaking gay. I'm like, uh, first of all, it's Argentinian tango, you fucking peasant. Secondly, and then I posted a series of all the pictures that we've danced around the world. I was like, this is us in front of the Louvre. This is us down in Mexico. This is us in Peru. And we're going to Spain, you peasant. <laughs> it's like, you think you're going to get me on the, you think you're going to hurt my feelings? Like, and these people follow me. They follow me. It's like, why do you follow me? If you hate me so much, but at the same time, they're getting me paid like 70 bucks a month off of Twitter revenue. So keep it up. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Uh, now to the point of the, today's episode. Um, how, how many have seen this movie, um, Leave the World Behind? How many of y'all have actually seen this? I've, I've, I've seen a few uh, people on the right talking about this movie, how scary it is because it's very realistic and it's actually highly possible. How many of you have seen this? I have not seen it. Hmm. Watched it this morning. How is it, AJC? Is, is it worth it? It's garbage, Red Hulk says. Oh. You couldn't pay me to watch that garbage. It says boring. Uh, John despises us peasants. Well, I'm going with Josh. You are absolutely right. <laughs> not heard of it. Nope, nope. Uh, AJ said it's good. Um, the Obamas directed the movie. Well, he, he was consulted in it. Um, that's the, the title of today's episode. <laughs> Former President Barack Obama is facing backlash on Monday over a film on which he was a consultant, which warns about white people. That's right, you evil crackers. After concluding his presidency in 2017, Obama has written a best-selling memoir and signed a deal with Netflix to produce films and television series. Uh, the former president also created a higher ground, a production company co-led by his wife, former first lady, Michelle Obama, in which projects were set to touch on issues of race and class, democracy and civil rights. Oh, wouldn't you know the black president does that? Go figure, because race relations were just so great under Obama. If I had a son like Trayvon, or if I had a son, he'd be like Trayvon. You mean a gangbanging thug? That doesn't that. shock me. I can believe that. I can believe that. That doesn't shock me. The company's first production, American Factory, debuted in 2019 and centered on abandoned General Motors plant that was reopened in Ohio by a Chinese billionaire. The film took home an Oscar for Best Documentary Feature. You don't say. Color me shocked. No pun intended. Whatever. More recently, Obama served as a consultant on Sam Esmail's latest film, Leave the World Behind, based on Ruman Alman's novel of the same name. The film, which was released on Netflix Friday, follows two families forced to work together amid a nationwide blackout. As the threat grows, both families must decide how best to survive the potential crisis, all while grappling with their places in the collapsing world. The former president and first lady signed on to produce the film last year. As a part of the deal, Obama was able to share his perspective on the events that unfolded on screen. According to Vanity Fair, while writing the script, Ismail consulted Obama, hoping that his perspective would ground the story and make it more realistic. Yes, because there's nothing like going to a president of the upper rich elitist class and saying, hey, can you give us some insight on what the average American thinks? Uh, Seriously? Yes, I can. Uh, well, yes, I can. Let me be clear. Um, I don't know. Let me get my butler to tell you for me. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> he had a lot of notes about the characters and the empathy we would have for them. Esmail told the magazine, I have to say he's a big movie lover and wasn't just going to give notes about things that were from his background. Uh, he was giving notes as a fan of the book and he wanted to see a really good film. 
However, since the film's release on Netflix, some have taken to X, formerly Twitter, to share their thoughts on a specific scene in the movie. Newsweek reached out to Obama via email for comment on Monday. The scene in question shows a black couple lying in bed as lines, as the lines, I'm asking you to remember that if the world falls apart, trust should not be doled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Ex-user Libs of TikTok noted the scene while claiming the scene was demonizing towards white people. Now, folks, if that's not an issue for you, let's roll reverse. I'm asking you to remember that if the world falls apart, trust should not be doled out easily to anyone, especially black people. Oh, suddenly it sounds racist, but it's not when doing it towards white, correct? No, that's incorrect. Racism is racism is racism. Now, granted, this is a movie. But folks, let's not kid ourselves. All of these movies have undertones. There is a reason they push this. It's more race baiting. This is what Obama ushered into this country. This is what he brought in. Ex-user Matt Wallace called the clip of the scene racist, saying this racist clip from Barack and Michelle Obama's first fiction film on Netflix called Leave the World Behind is about to go viral. Citizen Free Press, a news aggregation website, also said the scene warns about white people if the world falls apart. Oh, you should be worried about us. We're the majority. And guess what? We got guns. Yeah. Lots of guns. Lots of guns. Lots of guns. Some people have bump stocks. <laughs> oh, my God. And suppressors. Oh, my God. Citizen, or excuse me, Barack Obama gave major feedback on the script of Net for Netflix's Leave the World Behind. The film fantasizes a cyber apocalypse and warns about white people if the world falls apart, the outlet wrote. Oh, you mean the, the people that invented most of the stuff you use? Us, really? You know, I love this positioning. It's like, worry about us. Yeah, we're not the ones committing the majority of the violent crime. That's you guys. Not sure what you're talking about on that one there, buddy. You don't, you don't have to get blamed. You don't get to blame my honky ass. Mm-mm. No, sir. No child. Mm-mm. Not this guy. You got your own violent community to worry about. Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. You, you, you talk about the black violence. Yeah. You, you do a little talking about that, huh? No, just the white people. The crackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Okay. A little more, a little more research on your novel there, Obama. Huh? Let me be clear. Yeah. 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 What a nerd. Folks, see these people for what they are. These are the most racist people out there, and they're going to jab against you as white people over and over and over and over again. This is what they do. And then when they get a response from you, instantly they pearl clutch about, you know, how racist white people are when you sit here and you call us racist. Last I checked, all these videos coming out of places like Los Angeles from these smashing grabs, they ain't white. Oh, did that sting? I hope it did. I hope it did. Yeah. Yeah, go follow James Woods. He's retweeting this stuff left and right. And every smash and grab, everything in Cali and New York and places like that where they've just lowered the freaking, the prosecution or they've lowered the crime penalties out there. It's, it ain't white people. We have jobs. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what you want to tell me on that one. But it's, it's ridiculous. But this is, what, this is what Obama and Michelle Obama ushered into this country. Now granted, when you get your first black president, Naturally, there is going to be a lot of racism that follows it because people didn't like him the fact that he was black. The yeah, left. Who? Oh, dude, no, there were a lot of people burning the Obama effigy that, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say a lot of people. There were some people. I mean, I don't think you can claim that America is a racist country when oh, yeah, yeah. a black president is right. elected twice. 
Oh yeah, Condoleezza Rice, Colin Powell. Yeah. I mean, you know, Eric Holder. There are a yeah. lot of people who are yeah. successful 100%. who happen to be black. Ben Carson. Oh. Yeah, lots of dudes, especially in politics. Uh, um, like, let's let's look at the Supreme Court. Leading with black person, this or Isn't leading it funny with the color that, first. Yeah. That's that's. But Clarence that's Thomas. Sec- He's he's the he's the Uncle Tom, right? Yeah, Clarence Thomas. Clarence is. Thomas the is the Uncle Tom, su- Supreme Court guy. Yeah, yeah and he's okay. apparently racist. He's yeah. a black guy towards town. Yeah. Black uh-huh. people, go figure. But I, well, the point that I'm trying to make though is that when you have your first black president, behind it is going to come a lot of racism because the just like with the Jewish issue right now, out come all the anti-Semites, out come all the racists. But it doesn't mean that America, by and large, is a racist country or an anti-Semitic uh, based country. But Obama did nothing to quell those beliefs by all the the race baiting he did. The uh, George Foreman, George Foreman, good grief. The George Trayvon, Foreman grill. Is the George fantastic. Foreman grill, insanely racist. Another successful black guy, by the way, Muhammad Ali, George Foreman. Um, Amanda Hollyfield. Um, but he comes out there with the Trayvon thing. Uh, Lopez did. Was it George Lopez? Not George Lopez. Uh, what was his name? I forget his name. The guy that killed Trayvon. Zimmerman. Zimmerman. George Zimmerman. Thank you. Um, and everybody, what did they do? They said George Zimmerman was white. It's like, how many white people do you know have the last name Zimmerman? Weird. But it was easy to paint him as white because it's easy to attack white people. Now go after, like, say, for example, Hispanic, Latina, Latina, whatever. Uh, then it's like, oh, we can't do that. Minority on minority candidate can't do that. He's got to be white. That was hilarious to me. It's like, how is this a white issue? Is George, is he half white? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And like half Hispanic? Hispanic yeah. It's but like they leaned into the. Oh, of course. White, of course. Yeah. Why didn't they do it with, with Obama? You think? Obama doesn't look white. George Zimmerman doesn't look white. Mm, but Obama looks like more black. He doesn't look white at all. George Zimmerman, you could you could say like, yeah, he looks white-ish. Sit down, George Santos, with the Jew-ish thing right now. But I, I think they intentionally misrepresented that. It was like, he's white. And it's like, no, he's Hispanic. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's exactly why they yeah. did it. Oh, 100%. Because it's easy to blame white people. Yeah. Until white people start standing up and saying, nah, ain't gonna fly with this honky. Get that crap out of here, you racist pieces of crap. That's not, that's not how it should be. Don't be afraid to fight back on these people. Don't be afraid to push back. Don't be afraid of black racists. That's what they are. That's the thing that the, this, this society has been conditioned to now is that the terms of racist, xenophobic, it, it falls on deaf ears now. It means nothing. Because before it's like, oh, they called me a racist. Now it's like, bro, consider the source. These people are racist at heart. Stop. Stop giving a crap about these morons. You know what you are. So when they call you that, it's just like, why is it? Why are you letting it affect you? Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, Julia Roberts was in it. I haven't seen her in anything in a while. I'm not going to go watch this. In fact, I still got to go watch Napoleon. I'm not looking forward to it anymore. Rotten Tomatoes ruined it for me. And I know Rotten Tomatoes is very inaccurate half the time, but a lot of people were saying it just wasn't a good movie. Mm. I'm really disappointed in that. I was I was hoping it was going to be just a blockbuster. Just in. I I still want to go to Because the experience, it's great. It's a great experience. I might go see it tonight. Um, yeah, I was sad. I was sad to hear that. I figured Joaquin Phoenix, he's a great actor. He's a good actor. But I didn't know if he'd be perfect for Napoleon, but they were saying it was historically inaccurate. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Who do you think they should have picked? Uh, oh, that's odds? a good question. To play Napoleon? Johnny Depp. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not Johnny Depp. Um, Dinkle? Dinklage? What's his name? Peter Dinklage? Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Napoleon Complex right there. Um... Well, Napoleon in and of itself, he was one of those guys that he loved Josephine so much that he was, um, he, he kind of liked, I mean, she ignored him. She uh, treated him like dirt. She didn't even come see him for like a year and some change when he was out campaigning, even though he begged her to. 
Um, so he was like a, a, what would you call that? Um, Cuck. No. Uh, well, she was having affairs behind his back. Uh, I don't know if he was aware of it or not. He probably was. He wasn't stupid. But this guy was like a young, it was like his first young love. And that first one, you always remember that one. Sure. And that's what it was like. So to play the character of um, Napoleon, who was also very insecure, that, that takes a certain type of persona. Um, oh, man, I couldn't tell you. Rumble Chat, if you had to pick someone um, to play Napoleon, a different actor, who would you pick? He's angry, yo. Huh? <laughs> the chat room, kick chat. I'd be very, uh, very interested to see who people would think to put in that role. Danny DeVito. Oh, my God. Rum ham! Rum ham! <laughs> Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is one of the best shows there are. I can't believe they got away with so much of that stuff. Even to this day, they still get away with crossing that line, and they don't care. I love it. I love it. The Lonely Island guy, uh, Andy Samberg? Hmm. Weird. Christian Bale. Did Rumble go down again? No. It says this page isn't working right now. That's up. What's, what's going on here? Tom Pedophile Hanks. No, I don't think he could pull that off. Now it says the Rumble page isn't working. Currently, what's going on? It's still still streaming. No, no, I'm just I, well, I'm trying oh, to refresh okay. it. It says the page is not available. Uh, Rumble is down. Uh, probably another DDoS attack. Let me see what the Twitter the Twitter world is saying here. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's too old for that role. App is down also. Hmm. Uh, Napoleon was a shorter person, yes. That's where the Napoleon complex comes from. There's a lot of uh, insecurities there, but I don't know. California to consider toilet to tap water reuse regulations next week. You got to love it. You've got to love this. Make me some toilet wine. The California State Water Resource Control Board, WSRCB, will consider regulations next week that would allow toilet to tap reuse of water supplies, treating sewage water and sending it back to ordinary drinking water systems in select municipalities. Yummy. There's corn in this water. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wesley Snipes Napoleon. There you go. There we go. Oh, my goodness. As Breitbart News noted back in 2019, a new technology similar to that used for uh, desalination was being tested on sewage water with a view to recycling that water, expanding the supply of available water in a state that is beset by periodic severe droughts. Oh, my God. Nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me anymore. But I get it. I get the idea of, like, being able to reuse water, purifying it. It's like... But do you really want to go that route? Like, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Do you drink water from uh, the, the, the faucet? Tap. Yeah. Do you? Builds my immune system. Yeah. I know. I drank water out of the hose when I was a kid, bro. We turned out just fine. Just fine. Yeah, same here. But yeah. it's not the same. Look, they're using toilet water to make. Yeah, true. Well, we do have the filter on our fridge. Yeah. Uh, it runs through that yeah. filter. So, I mean, that's what we drink of. Every so often, I'll drink tap water. It's, it's whatever. I don't know. But... Are you really surprised they're trying to do this now with the, uh, oh, uh, did, are they, I think they said something about like the, uh, the genetically modified meat 
or the uh, what do you call it? The the created meat. Right. It's now being sold. It's now being sold because uh, Sheila was like, I think we have some because it's been in our fridge and we forgot to cook it. It's been there for like two weeks and it has not turned. I'm like, oh, let's throw that away. Let's never eat that. The uh, genetically created meat. Lab grown meat. Lab grown meat. Yes. Thank you. You would think there, there's got to, they have to put some kind of labeling on that saying this was lab grown. Because if they don't, I mean, that's just disgusting. I would, I would never want to eat lab grown meat at all. I know who I'd get for Napoleon. Tom Hardy. There you go. Tom Hardy would be a good Napoleon. Cut a lot of weight. He's a little bit shorter in stature. I could see him doing it. I, but he does. He doesn't have a French accent, though. It's a real missed opportunity there. Yeah, Tom Hardy's a very good actor. I do like his acting, especially in uh, *Peaky Blinders*. Really good. He plays the uh, plays the uh, Jewish gangster. It's really good. Oh yeah. Yeah, that dude will not die. Tom Hardy is good at everything. B2P, I agree. Tom Hardy is a very, very phenomenally good actor. All right, folks, that does it for today's episode of the All-American Savage Show podcast. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for tuning in today's episode. If you could do me a favor, hit the like button and leave a comment below. Comment now. What are you waiting for? Go comment now because that helps us with the algorithms, helps us get us out there. We really appreciate that. You guys are phenomenal. If you could, go leave us a good review over on iTunes. And don't forget, you can download the podcast wherever podcasts are downloaded. And hey, if you're curious about ShellshockCBD.com, we've got the samples available right now. 50% off of all samples using code SAMPLE. What are you waiting for? Jump on this opportunity. Do not miss it out. And we will see you right here, right back tomorrow. Bright, what are you smiling about? Uh, nothing. Uh-huh. Just happy to be here, buddy. Uh, here you are. Bright and early tomorrow with Dave Rubin from the Rubin Report. Comes on the show tomorrow at 12 p.m. CST. We're excited to have him on. Got anything to have him, man? Have a great day. And as always, stay savage, America. <laughs>